Welcome to the show, welcome to the show. I am your host, the Afro Boy Prince Unity. Click the subscribe button, click the like button, click the share button. Um, I appreciate everybody that tap in. I'm around our usual time. My usual time is four o'clock. I was just having some some technical difficulties. Apologize for that, guys. Um, but we are black. We are back, and we are black. And we're gonna get to it. Um, but t- today, to be honest with you guys, getting into the topic um, today will actually be kind of difficult for me. I mean, it'll be a difficult topic because um, one, we're talking about Black history, but it'll be in a limelight shoe on the other foot sort of uh way about it when we go into it because we're talking about um stories or or history that i found out just doing other research you know you when you go down one of my mentors tells me like when you go down the the rabbit hole you just you'll you will you'll run across this you'll run across that so we're talking about black conquistadors and if you don't know um what black conquistadors is in layman's terms, so in so many words, without being technical, black Spaniards. Um, and uh, this isn't that that Afro history about you know blacks who are Hispanic who are from Spain and maybe descendant of the Moors. This is a more of uh, the actual uh, involvement. I don't want to call it lineage, but involvement of Blacks in Spanish conquest, Spanish conquest. And it made me, the number one question it made me ask, to be honest, was how? How and why? And then if Blacks had um, involvement in this, this, this conquest of the Americas, when did racism become a thing? Because the way the Western world, the Western world, and I am just one person, so disclaimer: anything I say is strictly based on my opinion. Um, do it via research I may have done, and I've just gathered this form of form of my own personal conclusion. None of the things I say, outside of anything that you do research on your own, is is factual. So nothing I say is factual. Please do your own research. Um, this is just based off the research I've done. But getting back to it it made me question, well, when did racism or the concept of color become a thing if there were black conquistadors, right? Because the way we view the general form of a colonizer, which is the more like social media-based term that they're using now, is someone who does not look like me and someone who belittled and pretty much try to diminish and demolish my humanity based on me existing being another color, right? Um, that's pretty much how we generalize colonization, uh, the destroying and enslavement of African-descended people or black people or melanin people of the earth. As you do have aboriginals who will be like, well, we were already here. We were intertwined with the natives and the indigenous people, and they classified us all because we had similar phenotypes as the enslaved. Um, so, you know, it just, it, it, it goggled my mind around it. Um, one of the most noted uh, black conquistadors was a guy named by Juan Gr- Grenado. 
Um, and I'm not perfect in Spanish, but I love Spanish. So that's why I was, that's another reason why I was sort of difficult me, difficult for me. Um, and there was a, a couple of them. Um, Henar Cortez. Uh, there was one named uh, Von, Juan. What's his last name? Juan. Give me one second. Juan Valiente. Juan Valiente was very interesting, but we'll, we'll get into that in a second. Um, but they were commonly known around this time as Lin, Lindinos. I believe I'm saying that right, but basically the, the Google definition of a Lindino is a person of Spanish and Indian heritage or native. I think they just used in Indian as a, the term, but Spanish and native uh, heritage or or second, there's a second um, part to this definition. Someone who is linguistically and culturally Hispanic and has adopted the Spanish culture, right? Or, or that culture, right? And how do you think that happens? Um, being left and or founded or kingdom in that land. So remember, there was an actual ruling kingdom of African descended people along with uh, uh, the the Abaratic army, right? It's the, the African and Abaratic army or Arab army, uh, which pretty much became the Muslim army. And most of their leaders, I won't say all, uh, for historical reference, were Moors or African-descended people from the West and North Africa. Um, but outside of that, this is going more so into the 1500s, 14 to 1500s, right? Uh, there was a Moor that uh, traveled with Christopher Columbus to um, the newly founded Americas, as we as we know, we know about Christopher Columbus, but there was a Moor, a black uh, Spanish or Latin person. And this was after their ruling. So this is after the kingdom of the Moors uh, finally comes to an end. They're, they're, they're um, you know, ruling comes to an end and then the European powers take back over Spain. So you have, you know, King Charles the first, that's, that's one of the people who I reference. Um, but I really want to talk about this. So the conquistadors of African or Afro Hispanic descent were said to be much a part of the explorations of the Americas as their Spanish counterparts. Um, it's said that many of the blacks use military service as a way to freedom and social Spanish acceptance. I want people to highlight this. Please listen to me when I say this, right? Because this will be the, the core, the nutshell of where all this mentality and probably the way they individually thought going into just living and surviving. I'll repeat it. Conquistadors of African or Afro-Hispanic descent are said to be as much a part of the exploration in the Americas as the Spanish counterparts, highlight this part, said that many of the blacks use military service as a way to freedom or social Spanish acceptance. Um, one of the most noted ones is uh, Juan Granado. He was born of West Africa. So again, there's a lot of going to be a lot of historical context that leads back to us as the West African people, which is why we're the Westerns of the world, right? 
So you have the West Indies, the Western New World. I come from Northern America. Me specifically, I am from Northern America, but I classify as a West African. I am child. I am a child of Africa, the continent. But if you're talking about, you know, which side of the uh, birthplace I my line come from, I'm West African. Um. But he was born of West Africa, Juan Granado, and participated. This this sort of hurt me. Remember, this is going to be very difficult for me um, because of the way we learned about colonization. Um, and so, but I want people to understand there were also, please highlight this, there were also blacks who fought against colonization, whether it was on any of the islands that I that I mentioned in the West Indies or any part of Northern America or even on the motherland. There are blacks who fought against colonization and slavery. I need that to be very, very clear. Um, but he participated in the conquest of Puerto Rico, Cuba, Guadalupe, uh, uh, Guadalupe, yeah, Guadalupe, uh, Dominica, and Florida. He occupied uh, other past positions, you know, as a, as a, as a door as a doorkeeper, uh, an auctioneer, that hurt my feelings a lot, as an auctioneer and an executor. A lot of other black um, conquistadors took these roles, right? And I'll get into the mentality of how I feel that that sort of Europeanized them, right? Um, but one, one of the things that he did Funnily enough, um, because he's ruled under the crown, the Spanish crown, he has to petition for proof of merit. Because if you're talking about an actual, we're going to talk about this from, from a more direct uh, sense. There's 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 laws and regulations when you're going in, in service, right, of a military and so forth and to, to gain your benefits due to the service that you've got. Similar to how they give out like Purple hearts, and there might be like ex external benefits to, to other rewards, right? So they would give them land. He, he's petitioning for this from the king, saying, Well, uh, I, as this service, outside of gaining my freedom, want land in these particular areas with like a compensation from salary and so forth and so on. Um, most of them after service in the conquest were only given to me stationary jobs, right? Like I said, work workforce jobs. So this plays into the mentality. You you have to think about it, right? I know it's I know it's uncomfortable for, for probably for us who who are of African descent to to really go in this, but the 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 nutshell of what I'm talking about is to give you an Americanized version. They, Spanish, the Spaniards in this answers, in this context, gave or did the same thing as in the America, in the Americas, in North America, when you were on the plantation. The, but the plantation, in air quotes, was serving in the conquest. And they made, in my eyes, this is my interpretation, they did the house Negro and field Negro syndrome. But it's on a deeper mental level. Because check this out. From my interpretation, from the research that I've done, they never 
they got ranking, but I, I felt like they never got true stature from the research that I've done. They got the ranking of a captain. They were able to oversee some lands, but they were they were they were truly limited in my eyes. I felt that they were limited um, in what else the other Spaniards could could be given, right? The true or considered true Spaniards in this moment, right? And that is because historically, to me, the Spanish still looked at them as, oh, they are the once rulers of Spain, right? They are descendants of those people. We know that they fight well, so we can use them. We just have to make them a a sort of a divide and conquer method without letting them know it. They have to feel accepted, right? Remember, most of these people, whether they were considered free, freed Spanish, freed Afro-Spanish people, or the enslaved, you have to think about what was offered to them. Similar to the American Revolution and any other war, both powers offered what? Different forms of, of policy emancipations. They said, if you fought for us, we'll give you freedom. So, so as I talk about this, I want people to understand. You are enslaved. I am not justifying what they did. I feel very saddened by doing this research, but I just walk with me. Walk with me. You are enslaved. So you are pretty much pressured by your low circumstances and so forth. And your only way to a what is perceived, remember, perceived better life, better stature or freedom as a chained African man or a chained black man is to go and serve in this conquest, in this army, as the hopes that they live up to their promise to free you based off of your service. Sit there for a minute. Your life, and just and just think about that, right? Just think about that. I won't even try to explain it. Just think about that. Um, but to me, after all of that, going into the 17th century, racial and ethnic composition of black conquistadors changed. So this is where I started to ask the question, well, if there were so many people who were involved as, as far as African descended or black people were involved in the conquest, how in the world did the development of racism still come about if there were captains, high-ranking people in the military service who looked like me, a part of this conquest. How did racism still get in there? Where, where did this come from? How do you still develop this? So they say, and what I understand is going into the 17th century, racial and ethnic compositions of black conquistadors changed. Most of the conquistadors were actually now mulattoes. Mulattoes is, is a sort of racial slang that most... Um, Latin or Afro-Latin people don't really like to use. But most of the conquistadors were mulatto, freed, or enslaved. The form of the military companies actually got paid as much as the whites did. So they did compensate them. They did serve, they did uh pay them a wage, but that's not that's not neither here nor there. Now the funny thing is, after the conquest, because Juan Granado he died in like late 1500s and I'll get into that later. But 
here's where you you actually see the development of classism because the, the new world is the islands remember this so we're not just talking about they started in espanola which is haiti and the dominican republic's original name and i prefer to call them the people of hispaniola to give the respect to the haitians who are also hispanic not only just caribbean um but in 1783 king charles III of spain issued a certificate of cleans of cleansiness right and this was a certificate that cleansed people of impured blood by providing them with documents that would allow them to change a person's racial status and the document cost money they honored the document but the document cost money and with the way the structure of this world was at that time how does a enslaved or freed man black man at this time get any money there wasn't a lot of jobs in the social structure and would it probably and these documents probably cost a hefty amount of money they were not cheap what did you have to do you had to go in the war right in any war you had to serve the crown to get your freedom so this is where the development of classism colorism creates what classism plus colorism equals racism um and they really did they would buy these documents to change their racial status regardless of visibility they would have documentation sort of like freedom papers freedom papers but you are free or freer on a social status now does that mean that in this time everyone you know accepted your papers or, or treated you up front probably not i don't know the accuracy of that you know i live in this time not that time but that was a a, a concept that they came up with um black conquistadors enlisted in servitude known by previous moorish history in the 1600s african men who were captured a lot of them were, were warriors right so that goes back to when i mentioned that the Spanish crown and the European as people already had a concept or or a point of view about the strength of a black man or an African man or a Moorish man. I use all these titles that label us as colored people, melanated people, black man, African man, Moorish man. All these are more like synonyms to me because to me, I'm talking about the same man just in a different time period. Um, so they, they knew about us, right? Black conquistadors fought all around the Americas and pretty much you know, the end goal was to simply fight for the, themselves on an individual level. That's that's how I got the concept, right? So this is a more so, uh, that's where the ideal of, of black culture separates, right? Because Black culture came about as a way to, as a rebellion against racism, that we collectively can be better, we collectively can do this, and we collectively are not 
how you view us in a racial manner. That's that's the fist of black culture. Um, but in this time, this was more individual. So this was more, I'm going to be free. I'm, I'm, I, I, because this world is so harsh, this is what I'm going to do and feel like I need to do to be free, to gain my freedom. And they married, you know, indigenous people, other black women and, and so forth. Uh, but I always, I, it just made me ask the question, you know, do all our people who, who sit in the, the realm in heaven above and uh, are our peaceful resting place, uh, I don't know if we're all together. I don't know how uh, the God and our creator may have judged us due to our past lives and anything of that. But I asked them, you know, in their, their, their lasting days, how did they think about themselves? Like that's a, it, it's, it's just, it's mowing over similar to uh, a more prevalent time. How did they, who in some people's eyes can be put in the same box as um, the man who helped, the black man who helped assassinate Fred Hampton, because in Judas and the Black Messiah, you're not only talking about Fred Hampton, you're talking about the man who was pretty much the mole of the Black Panthers. And you see how his mentality gets poured apart, gets gets split in two. Because on one hand, he's doing the government's bidding, but there's a moment where he's just up at night in terror. And it's laid heavy on his heart because he is a black man in this very black, um, organization and he sees and feels the love. There are moments where he sees and feels the love. And I wonder, you know, how did they sleep at night, right? Just those, these are the questions that are in my head. Um, and to me, I felt that at the end of all that, they just were, they were tools. They were tools that the Spaniards used that I felt at the time they may not have felt that way, but because racism still came about, even though they were black conquistadors, racism still came about. They were just, they were never looked at as, as men. They were looked at as opportunity to get ahead for our goals and our social standards coming from a Spaniard perspective. Because they still invoked a society that was based on classism, colorism, and racism. Even though they had black conquistadors. And one, before we go, was Juan Villante, right? And the reason that he was so interesting for me, because he actually comes from my area. I don't know if he's a Bantu, but he comes from the region of West Africa and the Congo. I have Bantu blood. So Bantu blood basically is, you know, anyone from Cameroon, Nigeria, Western world, you can be Bantu as a part of the ethnic group. Um, but he was an enslaved African man who served in the Spanish army. He gained wealth. He participated in a, in a thing that was called uh, Ecomenda. I mean, Ecomenda, I'm not perfect in Spanish, basically was the right to collect taxes from natives for the king. 
and native slavery to practice in the service of the king. They say it's similar to slavery and not exactly the same. So, so more so like native indentured servitude, right? Which again didn't make sense to me because um, he was an enslaved person. Now, what this the Spanish or Spaniard composition actually honored was this. They got permission to buy, or the Spanish protected, my bad, the Spanish protected the rights to property. So what an enslaved person could do if they perceive or if they gain um, the money to buy their freedom, whatever that, that precincts or, or length of time was, they could buy themselves as property, that technical loophole. Sorry. So he tried to buy himself as property. In the end, he did not succeed because they said someone um, just ran off with his money so he could never pay his owner. So he was born a slave, supposedly, and died a slave, technically, or enslaved, technically, right? And all the time I was doing this research, it led me back to the reality of what image, why imagery is so important, why knowledge of self is so important, why the mentality and, and having unity is so important. That's why on TikTok, on Instagram, I put right after uh, me just being the Afro boy, Prince of Unity, because of things like this that demolished divided and conquered our people on such a deep level that we didn't even know that we were doing this to ourselves because we were all just doing what the crabs in the barrel kind of mentality and it was just like wow it really goes that deep and it really was it really was um and i tell this story not to you know tarnish um, the greatness of, of black history, but I tell this story to more so bring light to how we got to where we were, right? Where we were to where we are right now. What got us here mentally? What got us here physically to this place of where we aren't as unified as we should be? The things that played into that, the causes and effects that played into us being here. Because we're still affected by the house Negro, slave and field Negro mentality. We still do this today. And it is very damaging to us ever succeeding as the melanated people of the, the earth. The first creation of, of God's children, right? And so forth and so on. This holds us back. Because for some apparent reason, we're still affected by this mentality again. We have to not only break our physical chains, we have to break the economical chains, the social chains, the mental chains. We have to break these if we're going to get anywhere in this world as one people. So I'm your boy, I'm your host, Prince of 
Unity, the Afro Boy, and this is the Lost African Podcast. Thank you for everyone who listens. Thank you for everyone who subscribes, shares, likes, and supports the page. Please keep sharing our content because I'm trying to grow more sponsors and more sponsors leads to greater opportunities and greater things for us as a community. That's why another reason why I started the Community Resources, uh, my business, Community Resources ATM. And it is www.communityresources.biz, right? Link is actually in the dashboard if you're looking from my my podcast platform. Um, And the link tree is on the blog. So check us out. Support the channel. Support the blog. Support the podcast. Support the content on TikTok, Afroboy underscore Prince of Unity, and on Instagram. Uh, if we're really going to make a change, we really have to make the change together. Love y'all and I'll let y'all Oh, before we go, really quickly, shout out to the sponsors. Sponsors are Anchor, shout out to Taylor Brands, shout out to Box T Wines. All those links are in the link trees and the bios. Uh, go check them out. Use the discount code AFROBOY20 for Taylor Brands and um, Box T Wines. And you'll get something from me, from me to you at the checkout. I'll holler at y'all later.